The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Big holiday week continues. It's rankings week, too. A lot to celebrate on fantasy football today. Happy holidays, guys. Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Huge day. Huge yeah. day. Awesome day. And yesterday was May the 4th. It was Star Wars Day, which was great because Spaceballs was on last night. It was. I missed it. I yes. love that movie. It was on so, BBC America, which is the first channel I turn on when I turn my TV on. <laughs> so if May the 4th was yesterday and today is Cinco de Mayo, what's May 6th? Seis de Mayo? I don't know. Is it anything? It's tight end ranking day. May the 6th be with you. Ooh, that's good. I think that's a Star Wars reference. Not, I don't know what a Sith is. I hope, hope to find that out. When I binge watch Star Wars, um, what's your favorite Mexican dish? Let's say you were venturing out to a Mexican restaurant today, you would get what? I w- I had a great chimichanga like a week ago, my, so I'd probably get another jam. one of the. Wait, wait, wait! Hold on, does tequila count? <laughs> not not to infringe on other fantasy football analysts out there, but uh, does tequila count? Sure, I mean you could put it. You could have it with your All chimichanga. Right, so I would also go with one chimichanga, and, uh, and chimichanga will be two. I don't think Jamie likes Mex. Oh no, he does. He's all into Taco Tuesday. Uh, of course. What's it gonna be? Taco Wednesday. Tacos. Of course. All right, hard shell, soft shell. Doesn't matter. I I prefer soft, but doesn't matter. Okay, chicken, beef. Doesn't matter. <laughs> all right, create a taco. I, use, I usually, as long as it's I usually go taco. one of each. One of each. Okay, that's good. That's good. Uh, listen, we, uh, we've reached a point where there's a lot of sports going on right now. That's why we want you to get the CBS Sports app. And it's not just the best scoring app for your phone. It's also where you get breaking news alerts, stories by Dave and Jamie and Heath and anyone else on the fantasy staff, standing schedules, team pages, and all the sportsy digital stuff you're used to. And of course, if a game is airing, this is big, if a game is airing on CBS, that means it's streaming on the CBS Sports app. So that's easy, right? Download it re-download it if it has that little cloud logo next to it on your phone. And you know we love those five-star ratings, so don't hesitate to drop a five-star rating in the app. also want to remind you, you can listen to this show, Fantasy Football Today, on your smart speakers. Say, Alexa, play the latest episode of the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Or say, hey, Google, play the latest episode of the Fantasy Football Today podcast. And there you go. It's going to work on your smart speakers. Okay, we got some news items, and then we will get into the wide receiver rankings. So that that's the rookies. Oh, gosh. You guys need to get Amari Rodgers in your top 60 immediately. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Let's talk about it. Why? Why would you put Kadarius Toney, in, granted, like way at the bottom of your top 60? The third, maybe fourth option for the Giants, as opposed to the number two. I'm going to guess the number two option for the Packers. Well, and the number if, two option for the Packers has been so great. And I like Rodgers. Finally addressed like it. What if Tony's the number two option for the Giants? Then I'd rather have Amari Rodgers, the number two option for the Packers. I also think you got a chance for more catches. There are a lot more catches. You're talking about a slot receiver, not Tony, who's kind of, I think, my, I, I would think this year not a big catch guy. Maybe he's going to get some carries. I think if, if, you're, if you're looking for a good comp for Tony, you want Curtis Samuel from last year. Yeah. Swiss Army knife kind of guy, uh, but yeah, I just think you 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 bet on that great offense. That's obviously contingent on Aaron Rodgers playing for the Packers. The one thing that I keep going back to is is Amari Rodgers a tremendous like athlete? Does he have that profile? Like he was a great slot receiver at Clemson, played with a great quarterback at Clemson, got a lot of targets at Clemson. But I I compare Tony to him, and I know that Tony's not in as great of a spot. But man. 
he can move. He can juke. He's got unbelievable lateral agility. I think, I think Rogers is just a, a, a solid receiver. Who's got a very nice opportunity. I question what he could do with 50 catches in that offense. Is it going to be 50 catches for 50, 600 yards and three touchdowns? I'd rather, I'd rather bet on Tony's upside. 50 is not a lot of catches though. You think he's doing better than that? If he's fantasy relevant. Yeah. I mean, oh, no, fi- but I'm saying forget about it. You think he's going to have more than 50 catches in the Packers offense? Uh, let me see something before I open my big stupid mouth. Uh, I'm just going to, Hold on. I'll, I'll come back. You're to doing me. the math, aren't you? No, You're I'm looking at 50 some, by 17. It's about three catches a game. Let's see. Rookie. I'm just looking at rookie stats for the. the uh, yeah, I think you can get to 60. Well, first of all, it's 17 games. Sure. Uh, AJ Brown had 52 catches in 14 games. Metcalf had 58 and 16. Yes, I think he profiles as a 60 catch guy. Okay. Like that. So let's go with 60 catches. Mm-hmm. What's he going to average yards per catch wise? Eleven. That might be generous. Six sixty. How many touchdowns? Three four. Uh, it just seems shut low the door. To me. No, that's what I'm banking on is is a good touchdown season. Okay, he might. How many rookie receivers for the Packers for Aaron Rodgers have been successful? Oh, probably not many because they don't add a lot. Yeah, they, that's the thing, <laughs> right? right. They, <laughs> Yeah, well, so this, this draft class had a lot of really explosive slot guys like Elijah Moore and Kadarius Toney. And you're right, Dave. So this is how Emory Hunt described Amari Rogers said, more of a possession slot guy than a dynamic one. Yeah. I just kind of right. feel like that's exactly what the Packers need. Yeah, they need a So you're hoping for Cole Beasley receiver. Yeah, I'm, right. Cole Beasley, I don't know. I, off the top of my head, I don't know how many touchdowns Cole Beasley had last year, but I'm hoping for Cole Beasley with eight touchdowns. That would probably hurt Devontae Adams quite a bit, though. I'm not going to crap on you for for saying that he belongs in the top 60. He he deserves to be drafted in the PPR league. Sure. You think it would hurt Adams? I mean, Adams had, what, 17 touchdowns or something last year? He had all of the touchdowns (laughs) last year. (laughs) I think it would hurt Tunyon, Jamie. That's my... Could hurt Tunyon also. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for letting me get that off my chest. I guess I like Amari Rodgers. Who do, do you, you like Amari Rodgers if his quarterback is Jordan Love or no. Drew Locke? Who do you guys like? Who do you guys think you're going to like in terms of the rookies more than more than the rest of the industry? Amon Ross St. Brown. Kadarius Tony. Okay. Jamie, talk about St. Brown. I mean, it's just opportunity. The, the Lions receiving core is terrible. So, um, you know, I'm hoping that he comes in and, and can establish himself as – the slot receiver, he can play outside as well. Um, you know, be a, a significant weapon for Jared Goff, a team that's probably going to be chasing points. Um, you know, I just think there, there's there's opportunity there. And so is he going to be a superstar? I don't know about that, but could he be somebody? Like, I would take him over Mario Rodgers, personally. Um, I just think there's a, there's a better chance of him being significant for fantasy this year than there is for some of these other guys just based on his landing spot. And Dave Kadarius, Tony. Well, there, there's one I like even better than Kadarius Tony, but I think the industry will like him too, and that's Terrace Marshall in Carolina. I can talk about both of them if you want to. Tony, I think it, it was drafted with designs in that offense. I know it's not an offense that's you know bursting with creativity, but maybe they start to find ways to get him involved uh, because they haven't had a guy quite like him who's short and super shifty and super speedy, good hands, uh, get him focused on football, give him six, seven touches per game, See what he can do with it. And, you know, good short area target. Help that efficiency for Daniel Jones. Marshall's stepping into an offensive scheme that he already knows. He should be able to lock up the number three role pretty easily. And uh, with Sam Darnold under center, and if they take some steps to make sure that offensive line's okay, you know they're going to throw the ball a lot. That's what they do. Might be fourth on the team in targets, but he can still come down with a lot of touchdowns. He's got size that DJ Moore doesn't have. So when they get inside the red zone, inside the 10, Darnold can just throw a lob into the back corner. Let Marshall go and get it. Marshall is 40th for Heath, 51st for Dave, not in the top 60 for Jamie. That's in PPR. In non-PPR, very similar. Uh, Let's see. I don't think uh, Monra St. Brown cracked the top 60. So let's, so, you know. For sure. You hear, yeah, in either format. Uh, 60th for Dave. And, and you hear these, na- yo, 60th, what does that mean? Some of the names that are in that range. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, Nelson Aguilar, Mike Williams, Rondale Moore. 
Yep, that's another one I like, Rondell Moore. Deshaun Jackson. Just guys that you're going to stash at the bench and see what you get with them. Josh Reynolds is in that range. Yeah. Okay. Um, St. Brown, like Jamie, now that just the, the volume is going to be there. And you think about Jared Goff and the connection he had with Cooper Cup playing out of the slot. As long as St. Brown nails down that role, and I don't know who else is on that roster that's going to take it. He, he's a great late-round pick in PPR. <sighs> right. And so then, yeah, okay. You Are you deciding then you'd rather have the number one guy? I guess, Jamie, you said this. You'd rather have the number one guy on Detroit potentially than the number two guy on Green Bay. Yes. Yes. And, and do you think the number? I mean, you tell me for sure he's the number two guy in Green Bay. Then I would take Amari Rogers. That but I don't my, think that's going to be the case. Right. Okay. That was my question. You don't think necessarily that Rogers is the number? Not two to guy. start the season. He may be it by the end of the season. But I, I, I mean, they're not taking Marcos Valdez scaling off the field because of what he does. He, he's he's a threat that they just don't have elsewhere. And then it's just a matter of will he outperform Alan Lazard enough that Alan Lazard is off the field, and that could certainly happen. News and notes. Big news, actually. Big offensive line news. The Ravens signed offensive tackle Alejandro Villanueva, who has been the left tackle for the Steelers for many years now, and now he'll be the right tackle for the Ravens. And Dave, that's 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 great. I mean, they lost Orlando Brown, but this is a nice replacement. And again, they could have a great line. Broncos are jealous, that's for sure. Uh, and and yeah, it's it's another good offensive line heading our way in Baltimore. They're known for that. They've done that a long time. How about this? Here, here's an interesting set that's got very little to do with the offensive line, but a lot to do with the Ravens. How many thousand-yard receivers have the Ravens had in their 26 years in the NFL? Three. More than three. Five. Six. Five. Double six. Okay, 12. Yeah, so it doesn't happen all the time. They've got a decent amount, but it's it seems it seems like it's six. And they haven't had one in a while. I think 2016 was the last time they had a 1,000-yard receiver. So that's a team that likes to run. Why do they like to run? They've always got a good offensive line. They also have invested a lot of capital at wide receiver in the draft, more than most teams. Uh, I can see if I can look up. It's like between Marquise Brown... Bateman, Prochet, mm-hmm. Boykin. Uh, yeah. I'm, who is the, the total bust for them? Uh, Perryman. Oh, Perryman. Right, Rashad Perryman. Uh, they've they've taken a lot of wide receivers in the first three rounds, and it's kind of weird for a team that is so run-heavy. Kind of question the wisdom there a little bit, maybe. The Denver, Jamie, Denver. Well, I mean, you got to try. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but it's still their philosophy. I mean, their philosophy is still to run the ball. Um. All right, Denver right tackle Juwan James tore his Achilles, and he didn't play for them last year, Jamie. So that they were hoping to have him back, though. They were, and it was, uh, you know, going to be a nice addition. Um, you know, hearing different reports about does he need surgery or not need surgery. So, you know, maybe there's an outside chance that he can come back at the end of the season, but it probably doesn't seem likely, knowing what the extent of Achilles injuries typically are. So, um, tough loss, you know, for a team that, you know, has built a, a nice roster and the offensive line was expected to be a big part of that. I still think they'll be okay. This isn't going to change how I view any of the Broncos uh, assets, but, um, you know, it takes them from, you know, maybe getting their offensive line closer to a 10, it keeps them probably at a seven or eight. And I think it's still good enough to help their, uh, their fantasy options. There. Najee Harris wants everyone to know that is actually pronounced Najee Harris. Saw a clip of that yesterday, an interview he was giving. It is Najee. So, guys, let's make sure we nail that. Najee Harris, not Najee Harris. Uh, the Raiders uh, signed Casey Hayward at cornerback. And the Jets, very good defensive tackle, Quinnen Williams, has a foot injury. So he's going to miss some time, and hopefully we'll be back in the later part of the offseason. Quinnen Williams. On to the wide receiver rankings. Dave, after the NFL draft, what what really stood out to you as you adjusted your rankings? Any big risers? Any big risers? Not really at wide receiver compared to running back. And maybe it's just because I was focused on the running backs, but seeing Atlanta and Miami do what they did at the running back position didn't really change much for me. it, It was fun to rank Jamar Chase. I've got big expectations for him. I think he's going to be great. I think he's a number two fantasy receiver. If you want him, you have to draft him as a number two fantasy receiver. So I I kind of surprised myself by putting him as high as I did. I thought maybe he'd be closer to a number three, but I can't help myself. Love the talent, love the quarterback. I think Cincinnati's going to throw a lot. 
put Chase in my top 24. Okay, so why don't we start with the rookie wide receivers then. Jamar Chase in PPR leagues, Jamie has him 23rd, Dave has him 20th, and Heath has him 20th. So this is a top 24 wide receiver, and yeah, we we usually get at least one top 24 rookie wide receiver every year. It's not always the guy we think, but Chase is the is the favorite. And um, Jamar Chase being a top 24 guy, Devontae Smith was in between 31 and 35 in the rankings. He was 33 for Jamie, 31 for for Dave and 35 for Heath. And Jamie, uh, why did you put Jamar Chase, both of you, as the number one Bengals wide receiver? Because they he's got some stiff competition. He does. Um, you know, it's a it's a very nice receiving core if everybody plays to what the expectations are. Higgins, you know, building off what he showed you at the start of the season with Burrow and obviously Tyler Boyd doing what he's done, you know, essentially his entire career. But uh, I think Chase, knowing his history with Joe Burrow is going to matter. I think, you know, his talent's going to shine through. And so, you know, it may not be evident from the start of the season. And you pointed this out many times, Adam, that typically rookie receivers, it takes a few weeks for them to get going. And Justin Jefferson was no exception. Uh, Chase's former teammate at LSU. But there's an opportunity there with A.J. Green gone and those targets vacated. So I, I expect Chase to come in, have an opportunity to be the lead receiver there, get the most targets from Joe Burrow and be uh, a number two fantasy receiver. And Dave, how about you? Why did you put him ahead of Higgins? Higgins, who hit that 900-yard mark, and he would have probably crushed that 900-yard mark if Joe Burrow hadn't got hurt. Um, you know, he got off to a really slow start, and then in his last seven games with Burrow, he was on pace for 1,266 yards. It was crazy how good he was. Yeah, something something's going to have to go wrong for Chase to not be the leading target guy in Cincinnati. I don't even want to speculate on what that could be. Higgins is great. I, I loved him um, before the draft. Was well, kind of hoping he would still be the number one receiver in Cincinnati, and now he's the number two. He's a great 1B to Chase's 1A, and I definitely think there's going to be a lot of targets to go around. What the Bengals are doing on their offensive line isn't great, but it should be better than what they have last year. So maybe instead of them being like a bottom three unit, maybe they'll be a bottom 12 unit. That should be good enough for Burrow, who attempted 40 passes per game, something like that last season. I imagine it'll be close to that again this season. That puts him in the in the uh, prime breakout category because he's going to have volume. His efficiency should be better. His mid-range accuracy should be better. And he got Chase on top of it. They didn't draft Chase number one uh, to to be the second fiddle or third fiddle in this offense. But it's hard for rookie wide receivers, you know. Yeah, I don't. I I think this is a really good rookie wide receiver. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like this, really, really good rookie right. wide receiver. And he's got the the Joe Burrow connection. Obviously, those two set records and won a championship a couple of years ago. Would True. You, and listen, Higgins had that connection to a degree with Burrow. They didn't play together in college, but they were training before the draft, and then they ended up on the same team after the draft. I think that helped Higgins have the year that he had. All right, would you so, take... Uh, so now Burrow's really surrounded by two guys that he knows real well. Uh, I'm I'm very excited for where this is going. Would you rather have uh, Jamar Chase or Tyler Lockett? Uh, Chase for me. I do have Chase ranked higher than Lockett. Jamar Chase or... Mike Evans. Evans. I'll, I'll take Evans. T. Higgins or Antonio Brown? Higgins, by a lot. Yeah. T. Higgins or Juju Smith-Schuster? Juju. I'll take T. in non-PPR. If it's full PPR, Juju on that beat. T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd? Wow, what a timely reference by me. Higgins. Uh, Higgins over Boyd. Higgins over Boyd. Okay, where's Boyd? Right behind Higgins. Low end number three receiver in PPR. Worried about the volume that we've seen sticking where it's been. Like if there's a loser in the passing game, it's got to be him. Why? I, I would make the argument that he's got his role. You know, he's the veteran. He's got his role. He's in the slot. Maybe Higgins would suffer more from Jamar Chase. Boyd is going to end up being probably my favorite Bengals receiver to draft because he's going to go last. And so uh, well, I think there's going to be an op- opportunity Better- there for him to... Uh, probably outperform his ADP and his draft value by a lot. You better reach, because if I'm in that league with you, you know. What round are you guys I'm taking? coming at you. I like, think, are you going to commit to round five? 
No, I because his ADP has already been much lower than that. Right. I, I think you yeah. can get him in round eight, and I'll take him in round seven. I was gonna say same thing. Round seven is where I'd look for him. Sure, and that's where I've got him ranked too. He's he averaged seven point three targets per game last year. It still ended up with just four touchdowns. I'd I'd like him to get a little bit more work in the in the red zone. He led the team in red zone targets. Then why did he have only four touchdowns? And how many red zone targets? Well, were Joe that? Burrow had such unlucky touchdown production. I mean, that's going to change because of yeah. the amount of times he's throwing the ball. So I wouldn't worry about his touchdown numbers from last year. Again, there's significant changes. The quarterback missed the last five games of the season. AJ Fine. Green is gone. There's another new guy in town. You know, so as as much as I like Jamar Chase, he still has to adapt to the NFL and prove that he's ready right away. And again, that's going to take some time. So uh, Tyler Boyd's touchdown numbers may be skewed a little at the start of the season compared to the end of the season when Jamar Chase is finally looking like the player that he's supposed to be. But I think my, my little boy, Tyler Boyd's going to have a, <laughs> uh, a great chance to uh, be very, very good for fantasy managers like he's been more times than not throughout his career. I have so much to say on Tyler Boyd. I'll just, I'll just make it quick. First of all, he has only one game in his last eight against Baltimore and Pittsburgh with more than 12 PPR fantasy points. That sucks. He was very matchup dependent last year. So be prepared for Tyler Boyd to once again be matchup dependent. But that's fine if you take him in round seven as your number and three. And when were those games, though? You mean last year? Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly. The end of the year, right? So, no, wait. His good games were toward the beginning of the year. Well, uh, no, he had, I think, at least two were with Burrow, I'd say. But it's I'm saying his last eight games against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. So that's two years now. Uh, one game with more than 12 PPR fantasy points. But this is a guy who has dealt with quarterback injuries three years in a row. And when his quarterback has been healthy, he's a 90-catch, 1,100-yard guy, basically. Uh, so, will that... Well, but that was when he was the number two guy. Or the number one guy. Or the number one guy. Absolutely. So last year, two games against Pittsburgh and Baltimore when he was the number two guy and without Burrow, four combined targets, one catch... One yard. I think he left one. He might have left one of those with an injury. I'm going to guess it was week 15 against Pittsburgh because he didn't yes, play week 16. That's exactly what happened. Uh, but also keep in mind that AJ Green, I, I think AJ Green led the team in targets uh, while Joe Burrow was healthy. And Tyler Boyd was still right. a top 20 per game PPR wide receiver. AJ Green had 68 targets. T. Higgins had 61. And uh, Tyler Boyd had. Had 70, oh, he had 76 targets. Okay, so he led when, the team, when but, but Green still healthy, had a lot. When Burrow was healthy, so Burrow left week 11 against Washington, so including that game, Boyd only had two games with fewer than seven targets. One was the season opener against the Chargers, Burrow's first ever NFL game. Against Chris Harris, right? And one mm-hmm. was week five at Baltimore. Okay. So that will move on from the Bengals here. Let's talk about Devontae Smith. You've got him as a number three receiver. So he's right there with Tyler Boyd, right? Devontae Smith, Tyler Boyd. Who yep. would you guys go with? Um, I think I if you're looking Smith. for upside, you probably take Smith just because number one guy in his you know, receiving core. But Boyd is probably safer. So just a matter of what you're looking for. But um, I personally take Boyd because I just think he's going to have a better season. But um, Smith is going to really, I think, come down to how good Jalen Hurts is as a passer. Because, you know, I mean, a lot of people are going to make a big deal about his size. He's going to be fine. Uh, he showed that at the SEC. He showed that, you know, in his, in his Heisman Trophy winning season. Um, everybody that measures wide receivers has no concern about him getting off press coverage and getting off the line and, you know, however slight his frame may be. But is Jalen Hurts going to improve that much as a passer is going to be the biggest question mark. And hopefully that's the case. So I think if you just look at it as what Smith can hopefully do as a rookie, again, probably be a little bit of a slow start. Hopefully he's a lot better than their last first-round pick at the wide receiver position because Jalen Rager was terrible. But offensive line being better, um, you know, targets being funneled his way, I think there's a you know big opportunity for Demonte Smith. Those are absolutely the two biggest things. The offensive line being healthier, literally it's going to be night and day from where they ended up last season. And they even drafted Landon Dickerson, so they've got – he might end up starting, so their depth will be better. They, as long as they're healthy up front, that's good for Hertz. It gives them an extra half second to focus and make a better throw rather than not getting his feet set, something like that. And I think that they can scheme up Devontae Smith to be that short and mid-range target to help out Jalen Hurts. And it's going to make it easier for Hurts to connect on those mid-range throws. He was great on short passes, if I recall, and terrible between 10 and 19 yards. Now he's going to be able to be better at that because of somebody like Smith, who's just such a finesse route runner. 
able to get away from any defensive back, get himself open. Those timing routes will be there for him. I think he could, I think he could come very close to challenging Chase for most targets among rookie receivers this year. And I had a tough call just tying sorry. in those two teams. Um, I was on the clock oh, yeah. in a super flex rookie only draft last night, and I was offered uh, T. Higgins and a second round pick, which would have been the eighth overall selection in the second round, so 2.08 for my 1.07, which I ended up passing on and taking Devontae Smith. Yeah. So that you basically took Devontae Smith like over T. Higgins in Dynasty and 208. Right. Which everybody would do, I think. It was well, a tough call for me. I, I struggle with it. I, I mean, I like T. Higgins a lot. I think T. Higgins showed plenty last year that can, you know, make him a significant contributor. But you know, it's just the the tantalizing upside of what Devontae Smith could be mm-hmm. is hard to pass up. I and just knowing how good of a receiver that he was, I, what if it was two oh one instead of two oh eight? Like I think that the problem in the deal, like the breaker, was that it was such a late pick in round two. Um, I think you might have to take it if it's two oh one. It, it probably would have been the same choice. It may, would have made it a little bit tougher to pass up as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, you know, it's a super flex league. So uh, we are just nearing the end of the first round and already five quarterbacks are off the board. So T Higgins, just to go back to T Higgins, uh, you've got 21 wide receivers between 2003 and 2020 who had 900 yards as rookies. Okay. You've heard me talk about this a lot, but updating the numbers here, 21 had 900 yards. Um, 15 of them finished as top 24 PPR wide receivers in their second seasons. So 15 out of 21, that that's a really good success rate. There were six that didn't two of them. Uh, well, there were, there were only four who had bad years. Keenan Allen, Anquan Bolden, and, uh, Michael Clayton. Oh, they sort of five, Michael Clayton, Eddie Royal, Mike Williams. There were only three that really turned out to be bad players. You get to 900 yards as a rookie, that's a great sign. So T. Higgins uh, did that, but you don't find a lot of scenarios where you get to you have that year and then they add <laughs> a guy like Jamar Chase. It doesn't happen very often. However, Anquan Bolden took a step back in his second year. What happened? I'm, I'm pretty sure that was Larry Fitzgerald's rookie season. So uh, that's something to look at too. Keenan Allen, his rookie season, he played without Malcolm Floyd. Malcolm Floyd came back the year after that and led the team in receiving. Keenan Allen took a step back, so... Uh, anyway, it's a good success rate, but adding a player doesn't doesn't help. Enough of T. Higgins. Let's go to Jalen Waddle here. Jalen Waddle is a low end number three, more like a high end number four. He's just outside the top thirty six. Jamie's got him thirty seventh. He's thirty ninth. Dave forty second. So where's Will Fuller for you guys? After Waddle, but they're kind of the same type of guy. They're going to need some big plays to be successful. Obviously, Fuller's proven that. Waddle, I think, will have those opportunities to make those type of plays as well. It's very similar to Devontae Smith. This is going to come down to how well Tua plays, you know, how the the targets are, are spread around. There's where the difference is, is that Waddle is not share Waddle is sharing the field with two proven guys, whereas, you know, Devontae Smith just has to worry about the tight end. Well, three proven guys in, in Miami. So with, with Mike Gusecki. So are there enough targets to go around for Waddle to be successful? Now, I think as we pointed out throughout the draft process, he's not going to need a lot of targets to be successful. He'll make a lot of big plays and use his you know ability to make plays after the catch. But um, I think that's where he loses a little bit just in terms of targets. And again, that was another tough call is taking Demonte Smith over Waddle. And I think a lot of people have that choice in a rookie-only draft is which of those two guys projects to be better. Clearly, the NFL draft told you that Waddle projects to be better because the Dolphins took him over Devontae Smith. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a fun, you know, scenario to see it play out over the course of their careers. But I think Waddle has a chance to end up being a a starting caliber fantasy wide receiver if he turns into what the comp is, you know, something close to Tyreek Hill. Dave, you have Fuller ahead of Waddle. I do. I'm I'm banking on the experience and I'm banking on it's it's a one year deal. And I know we're missing a game with Will Fuller. Uh, well, one that we know of with Will Fuller, there's probably going to be some other ones that we end up missing. Uh, I just I think that he can contribute sooner and more consistently than Waddle can. I I I, I see week the, one. <laughs> no, not in week one, but from week two until Will Fuller breaks down, I think he can be that guy. Um, but I, the overall concern that I've got with both these guys is Tonga Vailoa. 
and I mentioned Jalen Hurts and how he was on intermediate throws. He was actually better than what I said he was on intermediate throws. Adjusted completion right there. Tongue of Iloa was terrible on intermediate throws. He was just a little bit better than 50% on those throws. That's why Fuller and Waddle are there. They're going to run a lot of routes that are inside that 10 to 19-yard range and then are going to get asked to make a play after the catch. Now, if Waddle can adapt quickly, and we learn that in training camp in the preseason, it's going to crush Will Fuller. But if he can't, Fuller's there to do it, and Fuller's there to take the top off the defense. And I think Tungo Vailoa will take some more deep shots this year than he did last year. But he's got to be good. And if Tungo Vailoa isn't on target, it's the same concern with Hurts. If he's not good, it's going to hurt both of these receivers. And that's why they're not ranked particularly high for me. Um, guys that are draftable, and they both have obvious upside, but I'm not seeking them out because of Tunga Bailoa. We got to see it from him. Will Fuller, though, I still, I mean, I just think he's better than people think. Led the NFL in yards per target last year. Uh, he's kind of a superstar in yards per target. And over his last three seasons, he's at 10.7 yards per target. Devontae Adams is at 9.2 in last year in 2020. That was his career high. Career high, 9.2. Um, seven point in his career. Okay, last three years, Fuller's been at 10.7. It's kind of, I think it's cool because you've got Waddle and Fuller who are both probably going to be very high yards per target guys. And that means, uh, that means you don't have to throw a ton to make them good if they, if they are what they can be. Yeah, the thing that scares me about Fuller is not only did he do that with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and Deshaun Watson. I mean, he did that with not playing all the time. And you got to worry about how many games is he going to miss. Dave alluded to this. You already know you're down one. He hasn't played 16 games in his career, or at least not since early in his career, and I don't think he's ever done it. Um, and, you know, I mean, look, let's face facts. How much of last year was predicated on whatever substance he may or may not have taken? You know, that has to factor into the equation of some sort that, you know, did he stay healthy because – there was, there was something that he got popped for. So, you know, I hope that's not the case. You know, I liked Will Fuller a lot last year, and I was excited to see him perform at the level that he did. But there are all these things that are just, you know, going into it. Uh, new quarterback, hopefully he's on the left side as opposed to the right side because two had a hard time going to the other side of the field as a lefty quarterback. Um, you know, and Parker and Gusecki aren't going away when it comes to both of these guys in terms of Waddle and Fuller. So um, I, I, Fuller's not somebody I'm going to be uh, very invested in. And it's unfortunate because, like I said, I was I was very excited about him last year. He had 14 games as a rookie. That's a career high for him. And he yeah. might have, if he hadn't been popped for the PEDs, he might have played 16 games last year. Right. PEDs are weird because as a guy who covered baseball for a while, the players who got popped for PEDs, they really were much better than we thought. They, they It didn't affect them. Uh, no, I'm not saying part. it affected his. You help him stay healthy. You're saying, yeah, right, I help know. him stay healthy. A lot of people feel that and, way, and and it may have been, you know, something they took not knowing that it was not uh, on the banned substance list. You know, and I hope that's the case because you know I, I don't want to see him benefit from something that that helped him in a way that it shouldn't. But uh, you, you you have to take into account at some at some point that for a guy that never stays healthy, all of a sudden he stayed healthy and then he you know got suspended. It is sus. Of course, yeah. So, by the way, do you think it's interesting that the Dolphins, you would think, you would think that they would consult Tua before drafting a wide receiver, especially since he was teammates with their two options, and they went with Waddle over Smith. Does that mean anything to you guys in a dynasty league if you're trying to decide between the two? That's, I mean, like I said, I just got finished saying that. But, you know, you, you have said to that? look at... Well, not not the two apart. Right, but the, the two apart. I know you were talking about the dynasty decision, but right. the two apart. Is <clears throat> no, but I'm saying like you know the the Dolphins told you that they valued Waddle over Smith, and you have to assume that that Tua was part of that conversation. Right. And you know we we you, you brought up the numbers, Adam, about how close it was between Waddle and Smith when they were both healthy together. Um, obviously, you know Tua's got to know the strengths and weaknesses of both of those guys. There there has to have been some conversations with Nick Saban uh, as well. Um, Waddle might be the better player. He, he, he absolutely might. And that speaks volumes. And, you know, I, I know I said this previously, if Chase had played last year and if Waddle was healthy, is Devontae Smith the Heisman winner at the wide receiver position because of what Chase had the potential to do and obviously what Waddle could have done in that same offense. So um, it, 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 it's good. Like I said, it's going to be fun to watch it all play out, you know, to see which of these guys are, are better on the next level. And, you know, mm-hmm. Waddle could be the best of the trio. He could definitely be better than Smith. Well, I only know two things for sure, Jamie. Smith's going to the Hall of Fame, and nobody ever punched a hole in the wall 
because another team drafted Jalen Waddle. <laughs> Such a great video. Did you see that, Dave? This Giants yeah, fan punch I, a hole? It's kind of pathetic. I can't say that I've never punched a hole in a wall for sports. I can't I can't say that I have, but I can't say that I have it. We're just gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna guess you haven't done it as a married man because how many broken fingers you. did you have? So when I was living in New York City, a lot of people might not know this, but in New York City, if you want to afford an apartment, you have to put up a fake wall. You have to take your living room essentially and put a fake wall up to create another room. And that's what we did. And the fake wall is not the highest quality. So there was a Miami-Florida State game. Uh, I'm guessing it was 2007, eight, And I think Miami actually ended up winning. It's quite an exciting game. Uh, and I got really pissed at one point, and it was the door. I punched the door, and it created a pretty big hole. It was uh, not my finest hour, Dave. Not my finest hour. But we won. I'm pretty sure Kirby Freeman or something like that won the game for them. Well, I hope it was worth it. Uh, yeah, it was a cheap door. But I couldn't. I don't think I'm strong enough to punch a hole in a real door. Okay, so those are your top three wide receivers and those teams, that situation. Who's number four for you guys? Chase one, Smith two, Waddle three in your rankings. Who's number four? Marshall. Ron Delmore. Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. Oh, Dave, I made that joke yesterday, and I even tied it in with Joe Brady. Said, who's Brady going to throw to? Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. You must have been listening Great. to the FFT five. <laughs> yeah. Why Rondell Moore over Marshall, Jamie? Well, I think you just look at what his chances could be in that Cardinals offense. going to be fun. Um, you know, I think he's, a, he's got a chance to be a superstar. Um, you know, a lot of mouths to feed there, so that's the concern. But, you know, I don't think it's going to be a stretch for him to play over A.J. Green and Christian Kirk. Uh, so I, I love the setup for him playing with Kyler Murray, and I think he's got the chance to be a special player. He is such a good fit for that offense. Because I have been complaining for a long time about why doesn't Arizona throw downfield more? Why don't they attack deep? And I don't know if they're ever going to really attack deep because Moore is more of a short and mid-range type of receiver. That's what he did at Purdue. And man, like he's like Tony. He's amazing after the catch. And he's short, but he's bulky, works out, big muscles, strong like bull. <laughs> and I, I think you could I think he's got a chance if he can garner the targets, which I think is a pretty decent sized diff. If he can garner the targets there, he'll be electric. You'll be thrilled to have him on your fantasy squad. So I, I, I'm i targeting Rondell Moore, knowing that like more than half my leagues I'm drafting with Jamie. Now I know I'm not going to get him in a lot of my leagues, but he's exciting. People listening should definitely put a star next to his name, uh, certainly in PPR formats, because he's got that type of upside where he can have weeks. He'll have a lot of three-catch 60-yard weeks, but he'll also have a lot of Three catch, eighty yards, and a touchdown type weeks. He's he's gonna be he's gonna be good for best ball. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the wide receivers who will have rookie quarterbacks and what that means. That's up next on Fantasy Football Today. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Back here on Fantasy Football Today. Uh, going back to something I had talked about 
10, 15 minutes ago. How about the Cardinals drafted Anquan Bolden and Larry Fitzgerald? Back-to-back years. That's good drafting right there. Let's talk about wide receivers with rookie quarterbacks. I like how you just brought that up. Why? Just like randomly. I mean, of course that's good drafting. It, well, but I, I don't understand how that pertains to... Oh, because I was saying Anquan Bolden had a bad second year. And I thought that was be- partially because they brought in Larry Fitzgerald. I couldn't remember if that was for sure Fitzgerald's rookie year. But I looked it up and it is. It was. So I just... <laughs> that's pretty good. Bolden and Fitzgerald back to back. Not not sh- too shabby. Hey, maybe we'll be talking about Higgins and Chase the same way someday. Quite possible. So... How about the yeah the, the rookie quarterbacks? First of all, we know Trevor Lawrence is going to play uh, week one. Zach Wilson, probably, right? Week one. Who else do they have? Yeah. Who else do you think plays a lot this year? Justin Fields. Yeah, Fields would be the, the next, next likely one. And um, there's starting to be murmurs that Trey Lance could do it too. And Mac Jones. I mean, all of them could play. So is this good? For the rookie wide receivers, or for, I'm sorry, for the wide receivers with rookie quarterbacks, did you change anyone in a major way in your rankings on these five teams? I mean, you can't do it for the ones that aren't guaranteed to play yet, you know, because there's just no, there, there's just no reason to, you know, speculate that far ahead unless, you know, until we get to training camp. So for the Bears guys, I mean, you brought this up, Adam, following the draft that maybe Allen Robinson does lose a little bit because of a more mobile quarterback and. Um, you know, we could see a, a, a scenario where the Patriots guys benefit because there's a less mobile quarterback in Mac Jones, you know, so those things are certainly something to factor in the same thing with the 49ers guys, because Trey Lance is going to clearly be more mobile than Jimmy Garoppolo is. So, um, I, I think you just, you know, it, it's probably going to come down to as a fantasy player and certainly for what we do as, you know, people who rank players, you're guessing, you know, so, you know, like we're doing a draft today for our, our magazine that comes out in the summer, our first edition of our magazine. And, you know, by the time that hits newsstands, there's going to be so much that, that changes from that draft from what we're doing today, you know, and certainly by the time the the next one comes out, you know, so um, the idea would be is, you know, you're, you're trying to speculate as best you can. So I think if you're thinking like, you know, Dave said, I agree with it. Fields is probably going to, you know, end up starting early in the season, Lance and, and Jones probably at some point later in the season, you know, it's just a matter of how many games it's going to take. And, you know, most of the time it, it's usually because the team is bad and, and the starting quarterback is struggling. We had an example of that last year where that wasn't the case. The Dolphins made the switch to go from Ryan Fitzpatrick to Tua during their bye week because they thought Tua may have more upside, even though Fitzpatrick was playing well and the team was winning. So it's not necessarily going to be, oh, the 49ers are steamrolling people. Are they going to make a change? They might. Uh, you know, the, the Patriots are, are the best team in the AFC East, but they feel Mac Jones might be better. They might. And you just don't know how it's going to go. Patriots one's a little harder to swallow, though, because it's almost like a complete ident- identity switch if they're going to make that type of change. Uh, maybe similar to the 49ers as well. Yeah. But New England is the one that's a little bit tougher to see coming unless Cam is hurt or just completely stinks again. To answer the initial question, I did move down some 49ers. And Jamie touched on it. It's because Trey Lance is a big-time mover. And I would imagine that he would lean on that if the pocket collapses on him. And makes perfect sense. And I think the 49ers would dial up a bunch of design runs for him too. Why wouldn't they take advantage of that athleticism? So uh, I, I moved Ayuk down a little bit. I moved Debo down a lot because you just think about it. Debo's a great player, but is he now third in the pecking order behind Kittle and Ayuk on a team that has a quarterback that'll run a little bit more? Makes me really unexcited to draft Debo Samuel at this point. It's funny because I like Debo a lot. <laughs> I just think that the way that they get creative with him is going to be fun. You yeah, like, but they're going to have to get creative with him a lot, a lot, a lot. You like him better than Ayuk or no? No, 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 no. No, right. Ayuk is still my favorite guy, but I, I just think the value for Debo Samuel is going to be fantastic. Like he's the perfect type of fourth receiver to put on your team. Man, I, so I was trying to to do this, just look at the last five seasons and the wide receivers who have had good years with rookie quarterbacks. Ugh, it's really not that easy to find them. Uh, it's hard to... F- okay, so you had uh, you had Des Bryant with Dak Prescott in 2016. He actually... He had about 800 yards and eight touchdowns in 13 games. He was a number... He was actually 12th per game in non-PPR, 21st in PPR. 
the following year was Trubisky, Mahomes, and, and also Carson Wentz played that year. Carson Wentz, uh, his best receiver was Zach Ertz, who had 816 yards. And I'm seeing a lot of 800-yard receivers. Uh, you had the the Watson, Trubisky, Mahomes year. Chicago's best receiver had not had 614 yards. No, it's good for the Bears. Hopkins was, <laughs> Hopkins was, I'm sure, great. He had a great year, and I'm sure he was great with Watson. Watson played seven games. So that was Fuller. Uh, mm-hmm. Was he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. All right, so Watson was definitely a great, great addition. Jets and Browns the following year with Darnold and Mayfield. Yeah, I mean, it was a good year for Landry, but it wasn't great. I mean, it was 81 catches, 976 yards, and four touchdowns on 149 targets. It was his lowest catch rate, four touchdowns. And that was a good year for a rookie quarterback. So I, I would say that Landry was lucky to have gotten 149 targets and, quite frankly, didn't have a great year with those targets. 2019, like, this is what I'm looking at, right? Kyler Murray had a you know, had a solid 2019 rookie season. He threw for 3,700 yards and 20 touchdowns. It's a lot to expect. It's a lot to expect Justin Fields to come in and do better uh, 3,800 yards, by the way, for Murray, not 37. It's a lot to expect Justin Fields, who is a mobile quarterback, is going to run a lot more than Nick Foles and more than Trubisky, to come in and do better than Foles and Trubisky. I, I know that sounds crazy, but I really believe that because it's not an easy position to play as a rookie. And he could be Justin Herbert. I understand that. He could be Joe Burrow, but he, you know, he could take his lumps. And that was 3,925 yards, 26 touchdowns for the Bears quarterbacks last year. Is is Justin Fields going to, you know, be on that pace, 3900 yards and 26 touchdowns? I would I would take the under as a passer. I probably so, but he doesn't have to do that for Robinson though. I mean, you know, just because that's the numbers for the quarterback, you know, Robinson could he's going to lose if the guy is running more. That's obvious. You know, I mean the the targets will come down. But I mean, you think about the quarterbacks that he's played with. It's not like Justin Fields has to go out there and be right. the most accurate best arm, uh, you know, best downfield thrower, all those things. He just has to give Robinson a chance. And every quarterback that Robinson has played with has given him a chance. And so that's the thing you just got to hope for, for Robinson, that it's, you know, and again, not to, not to say that he's going to beat Justin Herbert, but Keenan Allen was awesome last year still with Herbert coming in. And, and obviously Herbert was, was great, but he gave him a chance and, and Allen made plays. And so uh, Joe Burrow gave AJ Green a chance. Green failed. He gave T. Higgins a chance. Green was great. He gave Tyler Board a chance. Boy, it was good. So as long as, you know, Robinson is still getting anything north of eight targets per game, which I would be surprised if that changes dramatically, I'll still buy into him as a high-end number two receiver. He should not be drafted as a number one, but as a number two, he's still in that conversation for sure. Top 15. But here's something to keep in mind for Keenan Allen. This is a little sneaky here. His yards per catch and yards per target were basically career lows. He had the same amount of targets, essentially, in 2019 and 2020, within four. He had 200 fewer yards. So I I think, you know, it'll get better with Herbert, but I did think that was interesting. We have this idea that Allen had a great season, and he did, but he could have done better with 147 targets. I I think the thing for Allen that you were excited about was, and and I speak for myself, I thought he was going to be terrible. Because I thought mm. Tarad was going to play the thing. We more. Thought Ta- we thought it was Tarad Taylor, yeah. And Herbert was going to s- struggle as a rookie quarterback. So I think what you got from Allen is like, oh, this still worked. It may not have been as great, but it still worked. And where you drafted him, that was the best part. And so I think if you don't reach for Robinson, you'll be happy about it because he's there's going to be a decline. How much of a decline? We'll see. So where do you have him? Did you move him down at all? He's, you got him I, I, I didn't, but, you know, it's that it, he's in that group of, you know, like 13 to 40. <laughs> you know, he's at the high end of that, obviously. But he's in that group of guys that could compete for a number one wide receiver spot. Probably going to end up as a number two guy. You should be happy with him on your roster. I don't think he's going to be a complete bust. But I do think there's going to be some struggles, for sure. He was seventh in targets per game among wide receivers last year. He averaged 16 PPR points per game last year. I think this is the best quarterback in fields that he'll ever play with, or at least to this point. He's if based on what he did at Ohio State, Fields was accurate. Fields had a strong arm. Fields will run a lot, but he also uses mobility to buy time and throw downfield. I think it's obvious that Allen Robinson's going to be the most targeted guy in Chicago. 
I think he could end up seeing the type of target volume that Keenan Allen uh, saw last year with L.A., and I think he'll do great with it. More importantly, I think he'll be used a ton in the red zone, just as we've seen from Allen Robinson before. I think I think there's kind of a rebound year for Allen Robinson, so I will take Allen Robinson ahead of Keenan Allen as a top 12 receiver. And I do hope that I draft a lot with Jamie now because now I can get Allen Robinson a little bit later than even where I have him right because I know that others like Jamie won't be as high on him because of the rookie quarterback. Man, their receiving core is pretty weak outside of Allen Robinson. They've got you know a couple of good young players and maybe they just Komet, signed Demir Bird. What are you talking? Maybe Komet takes a nice step, but he just like Keenan Allen, who had a, almost 150 targets. Allen Robinson gets 150 targets basically every year of his career. <laughs> so why should that? Why should that change? Okay, how, yeah, I mean, you know, how just about, also keep in mind, it they get Tariq Cohen back, and they added Damian Williams, too. Those are two very good pass-catching running backs. We're going to take targets away also. So how about the Jets guys, Dave? Did any of them crack your top 60? Pass. Um, yes, some Jets guys did crack my top 60, but it's not like I'm crazy about them. Oh, no, maybe they didn't. I'm, I'm looking at my PPR rankings right now. Corey Davis, 61. Hmm. Uh, where did I put Elijah? 69. That's nice. Uh, Crowder is 65. I'm assuming that Crowder isn't going to get cut. I kind of hope he does because that might push Elijah more ahead of Corey Davis and into the top 60. So I guess the answer is no. None of them are in my top 60. And I'm not real excited to draft any of them at this point. Okay. Is there... I'm not. I am not a fan of Zach Wilson the way other people. I think he had a great year last year. The film was great on him last year. He was 11-1 as a starter last year. Uh, in the prior years at BYU, he was eight and nine. He's dealt with injuries. He's he's kind of lean. Does have a good strong arm. He he he's like uh, Fields in that he's got a strong arm. He's mobile. I think he's a good fit for their offense. Uh, and getting Elijah Moore, I think, will help him as far as like short passes, slot movement. Elijah Moore can line up wide as well. But I I'm just I'm nervous about this Jets team being really good this year. Jamie, we saved the best for last. What about the Jaguars wide receivers with Trevor Lawrence? Well, I, I think, you know, the the thing that you're looking at is who's the number one there? Is it the underrated veteran guy who always continues to produce in Marvin Jones but has a hard time staying healthy? Or is it DJ Chark who failed in that role last year? I hope it's Chark, but I think they're going to kind of cannibalize each other a little bit. There's not a number one guy there. They're both number twos. And then you have Chenault who is, you know, I think hopefully going to build off what he showed you at the end of last season. And he should be their slot receiver um, unless they're going to, you know, do what they said, which is, you know, split ATN out wide and use him more in that regard. But um, it's, it's an interesting group. You know, I, you don't have to reach for these guys. One of them is going to be, you know, I think in, in the number two conversation, number two wide receiver conversation by the end of the season. Um, touchdowns will matter. But, you know, Tarkin and Jones are kind of similar in that. You know, they're big physical receivers, um, and, and hopefully, you know, Chark sort of builds off what he showed you two years ago as opposed to what he showed you last year when he had a hard time standing on the field. So I like Chark better than Jones. Chark's my favorite receiver, um, but he's got he's to prove something. You know, last year was, was highly frustrating as a DJ Chark fantasy manager for several weeks. Would you take Devontae Smith or DJ Chark? Smith. Dave? I would take Smith as well, but I second the emotion on Chark. Uh, saw that NFL Network reported that he's actually put on 10 pounds of muscle and he's still running very fast. Let's see how he looks in the preseason. If We know that Urban Meyer really values explosive playmakers. I think every coach does. I don't hear many coaches talk about, well, we need just solid 4-7-40 guys. But that's somebody who can connect deep with Trevor Lawrence. And a couple of years ago, he was awesome in the red zone too. So we'll see what, what DJ Chark can bring. I think he's got the most upside of the three receivers in Jacksonville, but there, there's reasons to like all three. Okay. Let's go to our emails at fantasy football at CBSI.com. We start with Jason. Where's he from? Austin, Texas. Jason put Daniel Jones in the subject line, which he said was the way to get me to read your email. So good, good job. Good following directions. I'm in the second year of a Dynasty Superflex League. It's four point per passing touchdown. It's PPR and it's IDP. I have, jeez, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Drew Locke, and Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. I also have draft picks 1.3 and 1.5. 
I know Lawrence is going 1.1 and 1.2 will either be wide receiver or quarterback. After my 1.5 pick, there are a bunch of needy QB teams. So do I draft one or two QBs early, even though it's a position of strength for my team, or take some combo of Chase, Pitts, Harris, Waddle, Smith? I think you trade down and look for a good deal to trade down and let those quarterback needy teams move up to get their quarterback. You clearly do not need another quarterback. Your team is loaded there. Uh, Maybe you trade one of the quarterbacks too, if you want, get some picks for the future. But I'm, I, I, if I'm in your spot, I'm trading down a little bit. Here's an interesting trade that just happened in my uh, dynasty league. And this is a analyst league. So kind of ties in our conversation a little bit about Allen Robinson. Maybe where some people in the industry are viewing Allen Robinson. Robinson was just traded, Superflex League, was just traded for Tua and pick 201. Oh, my God. Uh, in a Superflex League, you said? Yep. Dynasty mm. Superflex. Yep. That's interesting. I still like the Robinson side. No, you know what? In a Superflex League, 201 is going to be pretty good. 201 is like 1.8. Is this going to be as good as Allen Robinson? So... the. The, the all the top tier players just went, and what I mean by that is five quarterbacks are gone. So Lawrence, Lance, it went Lawrence, Lance, Fields, Wilson, Jones. Those five are gone, and I'm then it went order. Pitts, Najee. No Pitts, Chase, Najee. Uh, I took Smith as the fourth non-quarterback. Um, Etn, Javante, and. Waddle. That is kind of a bummer. So all those players are now gone. But if Tua hits in a super flex league, he's a bit more valuable than Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yes. Yeah, so let's say it's Tua and Terrace Marshall. Could be. Probably be Tua and Rondell Moore, be my guess. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a good trade. Good trade. All right, second email comes from Dave in Pittsburgh. Hey, Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. I'm in a 2QB, 3-receiver, and flex PPR Dynasty League. I've got the 7th pick in the rookie-only draft. Would you trade one of my receivers for a running back or try to move up in the draft to try to get Najee or ETN? He has A.J. Brown, Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, Terry McLaurin, Beckham, Ayuk, and Cooks. He's got Mixon, Gat. He needs help at running back. Those are good wide receivers. So wh- I guess what what would you do if you have the seventh pick, which also have A.J. Brown, Michael Thomas, Godwin, McLaurin, Beckham, Ayuk, and Cooks? Uh, how can he get to Najee Harris or Travis Etienne? It's a one QB? No, two it's QB. two QB. I'd stay at seven. Yeah, you're going to be able to get one you of get the Javante top at three. Worst. Yeah. At worst. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now the question is, let's say ETN and Najee Harris are both off the board. Do Jamie, take... where did ETN go in your dynasty? Eight. Okay. So he could, the real good shot at ETN. Almost impossible he'll get Najee. It comes down to, and look, I was torn on ETN versus Devontae Smith as well. Uh, I, I, we start five receivers in this league. My number one receiver currently is Mike Evans. So I wanted to hopefully upgrade that group long-term. And I also have DJ Chark and... LaVisca Chenault. So I didn't want to go all in on the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. Uh, do you think, though, if you're this this manager and you need a running back, let's say Harris and ETN are both off the board, do you take Javante Williams or do you take one of those top three? Won't be Chase. Do you take Waddle or Smith? No, he takes he takes Javante Williams. I, I think just given the need of his team. But what I would also do is, unless it's, uh, y- you know, depending on how trades go, you see how the board starts to play out. You know, in, in our draft, for example, again, super flex, so it's a little different. There's there's maybe a little bit more of an urgency in a two-quarterback league to take those quarterbacks. It went Lawrence, Lance, Pitts. So once you got to Pitts and you saw that Fields was still available, okay, so now you know probably somebody in picks four through six are taking Fields. So now you know you're staring at somebody hopefully taking Chase for you, and then you're left with the choice of Harris or Etienne. But at that point, you start to consider a trade and you start to look at the teams that are in front of you, four, five, six, and you say, okay, maybe, you know, maybe it's Ayuk and seven to get to four and you take Harris, you know, and, and just, you know, play it out that way. Look who has the quarterback. Like, like for me, I was just, I, I kept looking at the, the teams in front of me to see how it was going to play out. Okay. Is this manager taking fields? Is this manager going to take maybe Zach Wilson? And I was hoping, <laughs> I was hoping that 
one of them would have taken Wilson in front of me. So I wouldn't have the choice of Smith or Etienne. I was staring at, because Pitts went three, Harris or Chase, and I would have loved those two guys a little bit better than Devontae Smith. So Yeah, but not Williams. Not Williams. So what, why wouldn't you just stick with your highest, with your best player available and hope to make a trade rather than take Javante Williams over Devontae Smith or Waddle? You know? Stick with your highest player available? Well, if you were just ranking not no team, just doing a startup rookie-only draft, you would take the top three rookie-wide receivers over Javante Williams, right? Yes. Yes. So I'm saying if you're this manager... Why wouldn't you do that? I know he needs a running back, but you're saying take Javante Williams over Devontae Smith and Waddle. But why wouldn't you just take the better player and then try to make a trade with your wide receiver? Well, he should be trying to make the trade before the draft, looking at the depth of his yeah. receivers. I, I think like what he should be doing is like this is the type of move that you make. You know, So if he wants to trade veteran for veteran... Like, look at a team that needs wide receiver help that maybe has some running back depth. And the guys you want to try and target are the ones that may have good opportunities for 2020, 2021, excuse me, but not necessarily long-term. So, you know, maybe one of your tail-end good receivers for, like, a Mike Davis. Uh, a better deal would be, like, for oh, a Miles God. Gaskin. Like, what, Beckham for Gaskin or something? No, 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 no. You know, maybe it's Ayuk and... Ayuk for Davis and a pick, you know, or oh, something like that. Grief, you do that? No, I'm just saying, like, you know, no, that's probably the bags. Yeah, Gaskin, okay, okay, okay. Let's so Ayuk I, I for Gaskin and a pick. Ayuk for Gaskin and a two. You do that with all the receivers that this guy has? I think you're. I think you're selling yourself short. You can get a better player than that for Ayuk. I'm just. I'm just giving you an example. Yeah, I know. I know. I, it's I, tough to do it on this on the spot, but I. I'm, I'm just giving you an example of of trade. I, I didn't hear all the names, but Ayuk is one that stood out to me. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Cook. If it's, if it's Beckham, Beckham for he's got you know, Michael Thomas, like those are the three tradable receivers who I see. Who is it? Michael Thomas. I mean, I would ask for more for Michael Thomas than I would from Odell or Ayuk, but the three that he's got that I would try to move to get something great, great to good, is Thomas, Odell, Ayuk. Yeah, but you want more than Gaskin in a pick. I know it's hard, it's hard to do that. It's totally hard to do that. I get it. Right. I hate doing so that. Forget what I just said. But what I'm, what I'm, what I'm getting at is. Take somebody at the tail end of that group. Try and get a, a running back that is not necessarily the longest shelf life, unless you can do that, but something that can supplement your team if you want to go that route. But for me, I'm probably just going to take Javante Williams and hope that he turns into a star by the end of next year. I guess my, I guess I'm saying, why would you take Williams when you like Smith and Waddle better? Because this is where your roster management comes into play. I you know, know but is, don't you think that you could just trade from your wide receiver depth to get a better running back than Javante Williams? Someone you like. Well, you should better. be trying to do that now. Yeah, I, I, it's hard. I guess I just wonder in a dynasty league, if you're in an active league with a lot of trades in a dynasty league, do you go with the position you need or do you take best player available? So I, I could, I'll speak for myself. My running back core, my top two guys are Austin Eckler and Miles Sanders. We, could, we start up to three. My third option is, uh, it was Todd Gurley for many years, but it, it James White, Jamal Williams, and... I forget who else is in that in that mix. So my third option is is kind of crappy, and obviously my depth is not great. But we start five wide receivers, and I have Mike Evans, DJ Chark, Wolf Fuller, T.Y. Hilton, LaVisca Chenault. I need I need a star. So I could have gone ETN and been perfectly fine. Absolutely fine. He fills my third running back. He's an eventual star. Great. But I think I need by next year an alpha wide receiver. And I hope Devontae Smith is that guy. So I had the choice of taking best available player. Yeah, now, but the way that I've- wait, hold on, hold on. You're telling me that you have that. This means that you have ETN ahead of Devontae Smith in your overall rankings. No, I have Smith ahead of ETN. But again, from my team, I could have gone either direction. And who'd you go with? I went Devontae Smith because he's ahead of ETN. Right. This is completely what different. I'm what I'm saying is, though, is you're telling this guy to take Javante Williams over Devontae Smith. The, the, the need for his team is more at that position than it is for wide receiver. Yeah, but but your need your need in your scenario where you went Smith over ETN, your need was also at wide, at wide receiver. Yeah, you, but the difference is you that drafted James the better player and you five receivers, need. Adam. And this other guy, David Pittsburgh, only needs to start three. And he's but got six really good receivers. Why already. would you take someone that you don't like as much? Why wouldn't you take a better player and then try to make a trade? But but you're saying that he doesn't necessarily like Javante Williams. I mean, his rankings and his personal, you know, uh, yeah. his personal rankings could be 
Najee. But I'm asking ETN, you. I, but Smith, you Williams, and you could have them, as Chris Towers would say, separated by half a <laughs> per, half a point in his projection. But you all have everybody. I feel like has Devontae Smith and Waddle ahead of Javante Williams in Dynasty. I don't know about everybody. Sure. That's that's an exaggeration, but I think but, but consensus. No. And, and again, but. It, it's a matter of then what your team needs and what you have to start for your lineup. Yeah. Yes. I, I just wonder, do you get a better running back by drafting Javante Williams or by drafting Devontae Smith and then trading one of your veteran wide receivers? Uh, to go back to what you said, you have to know if your league is active with trades. You have to know if your league is active with trading veterans for veterans. You know, he could certainly turn around and trade. Um, he could make two trades. He's right. got he, enough receiver depth where he can make two trades and then pick Smith. So, and, and, and just to tie back in my own team, you know, to give a, a, a real life example of this, I'm hoping in round two that Trey Sermon or Michael Carter are available to me in the middle of the second round. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that was kind of, my, I was looking at it as is Smith and Carter or Sermon better than ETN and Tony or ETN and uh, Elijah Moore, you know, guys that are going to be in that range. So I felt like Devontae Smith and one of those backs is a bit more likely scenario because, again, it's super flex and, and this one is, is two QB. Um, he could also try and, you know, I know not to use the Ayuk example again, but he could try and maybe trade Ayuk for a pick this year to get back into the first round in the back end. And maybe, you know, still Devontae Williams is still there. Fun, fun stuff. All right, guys, good stuff, and uh, happy Cinco de Mayo. Get your chimichangas, get your tacos out, and we will talk to you tomorrow on May the 6th. See you then. Arriba. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.